I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from London in England, that uh, wonderful place I used to live in. He works at Dynamics Lab as a Dynamics 365 architect. He actually also is the owner of that company. He was first awarded as MVP in 2022. He has more than 20 years of CRM technology experience focused primarily on the Microsoft stack. You can find links to his bio, uh, his social media, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Vlad. Thank you for having me. It's uh, we, we need to do a full disclosure before I start talking. We know each other for how many years, and we have so many calls. You've been on my show, so it's almost like uh, yeah, it's a conversation of old friends, at least old mates. Agreed, agreed. But of course, the audience listening might not know who you are. So why don't you tell us about food, family, and fun? All those exciting things that don't involve work. So my family is, uh, my extended family is quite large. I don't know even all names of my extended family that's so large in my country. I am, I'm originally actually from a small country called Moldova. So you can guess it from my accent. Uh, so I didn't live in the UK and my accent is not, my, uh, people joke my accent somewhere between Moldova and UK. People say it's maybe Netherlands, but that's exactly, as <laughs> probably you can tell. I can see and, that. Uh, yeah, and uh, so yeah, so but my smaller family, I have a small child who's three, four years old, almost four years old, and you have all the fun with small kids. Food, I like all kind of food. It's problem getting close to Mediterranean. In the COVID times, I opened the uh, HelloFresh, and I cooked all kind of meals. I I think I've lost count when I reached seventy meals, seventy dishes, and I literally tried all kind of food. And I, I've realized I like Asian. I think I like Chinese food, and I like uh, Indian. And the fun, in terms of fun, yeah, I'm not fun. I'm spending too much time at the computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, in my in my school time, I uh, I played piano. I still play piano. I was part of a band, and then I was a DJ at uh, some school parties so i guess i was way more fun at that point of time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's that's so good that's so good and yes i've known you of course for for quite some time i think we first met in seattle from memory um right back at microsoft's first business applications conference once they had gone to that model it was a last minute conference that was organized i met you there with uh steve Mordu introduced me to you from memory and of course, when I lived in London, I spent quite a bit of time with you and your brother, your brother Igor. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention about him. I need to say, I vividly remember that uh, point of time. And I still remember the story how you told you traveled through the Russia. And you, you've been at my show. We don't need to spoil 
people who might want to go and see. And uh, the impressive thing, you try to do it in the Usually do it, people do it from Moscow to Siberia, and you decide to go from Siberia to Moscow. <laughs> That's unusual. That's fun. Yeah, I mean, amazing trip. And I always said in traveling Russia, I said to my wife, I said, you know what? I don't feel that we're going to have this freedom to do it in the future. And, of course, I was not predicting anything or knowing where we would be today, but I am so pleased we did that trip, you know, from coast to coast of Russia. And, I, man, I wish – I wish that I could go back and do, you know, I'd like to spend more time in Moscow and more time in St. Petersburg, particularly. Um, I probably don't need to go back to Siberia. Although, you know what? I wouldn't mind going back to Lake Lake Baikal again in the middle of winter. I was there in in, uh, spring, and so the ice was mounting, but I'd love to go. You could still walk on the ice, but it was still mounting. Um, But I'd love to go back. But, I mean, who knows what will happen in the years ahead and the way the – um, conflicts work out. Yeah, for you as a person from New Zealand, experience that harsh weather. It's it's tough. You know, the people, I have a, a couple of friends who moved to Canada and many of them coming back. And the only people who can stay and say, oh, we like the Canadian winter is the people who come from Siberia. The rest of people think it's too much. Yeah, it's actually, it's tough. It's, it's, it's Yeah, it's quite cold. Yeah, I tell you, when we're over in Vladivostok side of things and meeting people and, you know, talking to them, I tell you, Google Translate was an amazing tool. We had a three-hour conversation with a guy in the Russian army on because we were on the train, you know, with them, and then he was in our cabin. A three-hour conversation just by using Google Translate, typing, you know, in English, handing to him, he would type in Russian and translate backwards and forwards. It just, yeah, it was amazing because we learn all the stories and everything. And um, but everybody over the, the that side of Russia, us said we were crazy that we would even come there. Like, why would you even come here and uh, for a holiday? Like, it blew their mind. Yeah, that's it's hard to believe. Uh, you know, you mentioned Google Translate, and it's hard to believe how much changed since then. So today, probably you would use things like DeepL. Uh, for translations, and probably you'll use ChatGPT for kind of. I know ChatGPT is not there yet, but I'm sure at some, maybe even in a year of time, we'll be in a place where we'll be able to talk, and it will translate, and it will sound, it will be pitch perfect with well, no accent. T- today we're no- recording this. You know, GTP, GPT four got uh, released this morning, um, and I and missed it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it just got released today, and I tell you what, you should go and look at the data difference or how much smarter it is than the previous. Now, when you talk about, you know, the voice sound and translation to English, I've just recently got into a new app called Speechify, and Speechify allows me to take any PDF document, which is, I mean, it uses other document formats, but it reads it, I think there's over 240 different voices uh, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is one of the voices. Snoop Dogg is one of the voices. And the thing is, it takes a minute, obviously, before you start reading. It's obviously reading ahead and getting the structure and stuff in place. But it's so, so good. Like for me, you know, being dyslexic, I need to read and listen at the same time for anything I do. So um, for me to really get the comprehension and for it to stick in my brain, and so, you know, recently I've been sent some, you know, Power Platform books to review, and these are big books. And I was like, oh, if I just have to manually read them, I know that the way my mind works, I'll get distracted. I'll like, I'll finish the end of the sentence and I can't remember even what I read, you know, unless I've got the audio, which somehow makes me read like through my eyes much better. 
And I tell you, this Speechify tool, I just I bought it yesterday and I, I'm already impressed how good it sounds like a real person reading the book. That's, that's uh, yeah, that's mind-blowing. Have you tried those tools which can generate your voice? No. Uh, no? So there is a tool. I'm using it for, for my channel, uh, Descript. Mm-hmm. So that oh, yes, what, Descript. Descript, yeah. So what Descript can do, it can add, can let do your talk hat, talking hat shows, and add it as a word file. So what it does, it does the, yeah. I've heard a lot about Descript. In fact, Descript, you know, the, the product I use here is called Riverside for the recording because at some point, uh, you know, because we are recording video as well at the same time, I will go to um, a model of doing um, some, you know, videos, of, uh, like a, an extract of some of the shows. And Descript plugs into this. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we can take it offline because otherwise people, Descript will have to sponsor this show. <laughs> I have a few, a few things maybe to share with you because I've used it for some for a few weeks at least, for a month, maybe even more. So the funny thing, you have that fragment of text and you realize, okay, in my podcast it wasn't perfect. So you don't have time, you don't want to record, re-record it. So what you do, you ask Descript to use a sample of your voice and it has more than enough sample of your voice. You type, you punch in the phrase you wanted to have and then it with voiceover in your in your in your sound, it's amazing. It's mind blowing. I'm I'm just thinking. Okay, is it safe? Does it mean Descript can use it to call my bank and use my voice? Here's the thing. I've just you know I've been reading a lot of books at the moment on AI, and um and I was reading the other day around fraud being committed using your voice. So in other words, a member of your family gets called. So the call's coming from me, as an example. And it's absolutely perfect, perfectly my voice and everything. And and for that to happen, right, the, the perpetrators have to have a, a, a body of work with your voice in it. I've been podcasting, I think, I'm in my sixth year of doing podcasting. There on the public domain, there is probably every word variation I've ever spoken. Someone could easily take my voice print and you know, act as me. And so I like one of the things I said to my family, I said, be aware that because I am podcasting, my voice is out there. If you ever get some random voice, you know, a a random call saying I'm in danger and, or I need money or some bullshit like that, make sure that you go, hang on, hang on, I'll call you back. And you text me or message me on another channel than the one that's been engaged with, because then um, you know, we'll get the validity of that because some people have been already ripped off tens of thousands of dollars um, by their, you know, the, so they've contacted their family, said, the, the, I need money, something's happened, blah, 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 I'll pay you back tomorrow or whatever. Lost the money. It actually happened to one of the guys I used to work with. His his grandma was called and, and actually the person who was calling showed up to take money. So they were so, yeah, so they didn't, they were not afraid to show their faces. That was weird. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. But that's, yeah, AI definitely takes the world by storm. I know you're reading. I remember a few years ago, you've mentioned you were reading many books about AI. And it's still, yeah, it's still happening. Yeah, I see your light. Light is blinking for people who listen to us. Yeah, Mark's light is blinking. The, the, I read a book by Dan Brown, his latest book. Um, man, I can't even remember the title of the book. And um, it was brilliant. It was basically set in Spain as as the source and this great, you know, entrepreneur, you know, one of these type of startups that built this 
you know, AI intelligent computer and the whole premise is they went back and they uncovered how the earth really started. And of course it debunked every religion out there and just made every religion factually wrong. And of course, every religion around the world from the very senior leadership, they all get played into the drum. I'm not going to spoil the book because the ending just kind of, you think you've end, the book's ended and there's like two chapters to go and you're like, you know the answer, how it all happened. And then you read the last two chapters and then your head's just like, boom, like, because what you just said there about, you know, somebody came to the door and collected it. One of the things the AI did was it would employ like Deliveroo or these different type of people to do the physical part of what the AI in the computer couldn't do. Um, and, you know, the AI was actually the actual supercomputer running. The AI was located in Barcelona. And I tell you, it's such a good book to read because it just brings to life how freaking awesome and, you know, where this AI story is going to go. Yeah. So are you on the, are you on the side of uh, the camp people believe it's a good thing or it's an Oh, it's a bad thing because I see people taking I, I, sides now. I think, I think I'm on the side that it's going to happen whether we think it's good or bad. There, like, there's no way it's going to be stopped. Like right now, if everybody agreed this was going to be a bad thing, it would still carry on because the risk is that if you don't carry on, let's say you're America or China as an example, and you're competing against each other. And one's has a superior AI. In fact, the 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 legal um, the head of legal at IBM, um, Brad Smith, wrote a book a couple of years ago about uh, weapons warfare uh, and where data was going to be the gold mine of the future, and the oh, the gold of the future. And and what he's you know if you've got a a swarm of drones that are all controlled autonomously via AI. They can do whatever they want. They can decide how they take out the enemy, and the enemy doesn't have a superior AI. You're going to win. It's, it's, the, the war is going to happen faster than what a human intervention could do. So there's going to be no should we kill, not kill. No, that decision would be too late. Um, and so there, that's why there's this kind of like like there was, you know, the nuclear arms race. I think now we're in an AI arms race. You know, yes, we see what from a business perspective and from our personal lives perspective, but, mate, it's at a whole new level when you look at it from a military or government perspective of where they are going with AI. And, you know, so I believe it'll be a good thing if if we do the right thing. But at the end of the day, if you look at mankind or humankind, sorry, that was um, uh, humankind, you will see that we are currently the most intelligent species on the planet and therefore we're at the top of the food chain. I don't believe within 10 years we will be the most intelligent species on the planet. I believe there will be a super intelligence that will be have full feeling, emotion, everything that we can do humanly um plus have it all knowledge and all understanding of of anything that ever was and potentially be able to predict a lot of what will be so if we're no longer at the top of the food chain the risk is they might decide they don't need us right does 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 the ant say to the person going to squash it you know don't do that to me you squash it, right? The answer in the way or, or whatever. So I think we go into an interesting world if if the AI decides in the future that 
we are the problem that's causing climate change or any of the other bad things happening in the world and going, you know what, the best way to eliminate this is to eliminate the, 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 the that biological material that's creating the problem for everybody. You pretty much, pretty much you think covering the plot of uh, latest Terminator, what, six, seven? That's when AI realized that we are, we are the cause of the problem. Uh, my perspective, we probably have 50 years for that. I don't, I think 10 years, uh, uh, some some people, for, I think if, if chat GPT wouldn't happen in this November, we will probably not hear. I, uh, Jasper, for example, was using OpenAI, Jasper, you know, that content writer tool. So it was using OpenAI for a few years, and my brother was actually promoting and saying, oh, let's use it everywhere. And before chat GPT came about, I didn't even bother. So I think it's, I think it's still in place of hype. My gut feeling tells we, we still have few decades you do you you, 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 sh- you should read the book um it's called uh, ai 2041 and this guy wrote wrote it in 2021 right so in the pa- height of the pandemic and he was one of the head google researchers um who wrote this book and so what he did is he said this i'm going to write this book based on only 20 years out because if i go for further than that people go ah I won't even be alive. It doesn't matter, right? So he wrote it 20 years out. And the thing is, he goes through everything that's, um, you know, from the maturity of autonomous cars, you know, so there's a scale of autonomy and level five on that scale is there's no steering wheel, right? In other words, it doesn't need humans to run. And he doesn't think we'll be there for another 20 years till we get to that point because of all the roading infrastructure, every vehicle has to be updated with new you know, technology. So he believes that. But then other stuff, you know, um, you, you know I, I, I read some time ago another book, and that actually when I was in London, and it was Guy, I can't pronounce his name, um, but he wrote the first big book that was famous of his was Sapiens. And after Sapiens, he wrote, uh, yeah, he wrote Homer Deus, and then he wrote another one. Um, and so, so the whole idea of the three books he wrote is kind of like past, present, and future. And, and, and one of the things there he said is that at the end of the day, because people will go, they'll never have emotion or they will never have, well, hang on a second, we do. And if you, if, if we were advanced enough in our understanding the brain, everybody is really just a program. And so, therefore, why can't we believe that emotions aren't programmable? Why can't we believe that the, the concept of spirit or soul could all ultimately, and I mean, people probably crucify me for saying this, but they're all algorithms at the end of the day, right? And so therefore, if it's an algorithm in a biological format, why couldn't it be an algorithm in a machine format? The question is, yeah, it's effectively putting us in a God position. Will we create a new intelligence? And we call it artificial intelligence, but uh, I I still believe artificial intelligence these days statistics on steroids. I still believe it's statistical on steroids. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's getting beyond that. It's getting beyond it's getting that. Beyond, yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're at the point where I think AI is going to start rewriting its own code. Could be, yeah. That's As in it'll rewrite itself to optimize itself. And um, and then I think that once that happens, once that happens and you combine, um, you know, quantum computing 
I think the world just, I mean, I think that the change could be like overnight. If they can get the quantum computing to the level that they need to, um, you think instantly all encryption becomes irrelevant once quantum computing reaches that point, right? So every all our security models are gone because they could be cracked in second, microseconds. But here's the thing. To think that AI, you know, will be bad or break laws or anything, I don't think it'll do. The AI will be so smart, it will do everything it does in the realms of the legal system that it is adhering to. It just it doesn't need to think of um, you know, ways of of getting around the as in, sorry, ways of breaking or doing something illegal. I think it'll be you imagine knowing every bit of case law, every legal precedent, every um document put out by a government. Mate, it wouldn't take long to find out all the back doors, back holes, that type of thing. Hey, we're already over time and we've just talked about AI, which is so interesting to do with you. So um, I didn't talk about your MVP or anything. Um, no, it's, maybe, it's okay, I think. Maybe we should do some um, uh, another podcast in the future because this has just been interesting. You know, yeah, it's just AI. I think people people who are list, listening to this, they would rather hear about AI and uh, what MVP story. I have nothing new to bring the only thing i could tell uh if you want to know how to not be an mvp go and learn and check my background i think mark i think (laughs) i'm the the latest person jumping on that wagon so i spent 20 years in this space Mm -hmm. and just became an mvp so i think my career path is what you need to do not no what you not need to do to become an mvp (laughs) i think that's awesome vlad thank you so much for coming on the show nice hearing you cheers bye Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again, and see you next time.